You're listening to the Running Around Charlotte podcast, presented by the Milbon Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events, and a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners and Bedgear, the official pillow partner of the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. And here are your hosts for the Running Around Charlotte podcast, Tim Rhodes and DC Lucchese. One of the best-known charity fundraisers in Charlotte rides circles every July in Myers Park. And this year, the 24 Hours of Booty celebrates 20 years of riding the famous booty loop to raise money for cancer navigation services at Atrium Health. If you know the 24 Hours of Booty, you probably know its founder, Spencer Luters. But did you know he's also an engineer, an attorney, entrepreneur, business owner, and former Division I soccer player? There's a lot to Spencer, and we're honored to have him here on the Running Around Charlotte podcast to tell us what he's up to next. Welcome, Spencer. Hey, how are you guys? Happy to be here. We're doing great. DC, how you doing, my friend? All good, man. I'm I'm almost afraid to ask. I mean, what 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 could be possibly next? Engineer, attorney, entrepreneur, business owner. You used to work with NASCAR. You've started the the twenty. What's now known as the Twenty Four Foundation. What are you up to nowadays? Well, I, I, I found my stride. It took a while to do different things and, um, and, and uh, enjoyed the path, of course. But uh, having my own business now, which I bought about five years ago, uh, I, I feel like I found my sweet spot. I, I, was, I think I was searching for a way to be my own boss. Um, and, uh, and it took a while to figure out how to do that. And, um, and, put things in place along the way to, to build my skill sets up and uh, my network. And, um, and the, the opportunity came up about five years ago and, and took it and been running with it ever since. Well, very good. And, and I forgot to mention, I used to see you in those car commercials several years ago for one of the local car dealerships you were a part of. That's right. So. <laughs> uh, that was a, that was a, a seemingly odd foray into, um, into commercial um, sales and, and uh, management. But I look, looking back on that time period it was uh, really important because I was working basically, started doing the commercials kind of for fun and then went over there and was helping run the dealership um, and was dealing with stuff that I had not done before as an engineer um, and as a lawyer, namely like, you know, sales, marketing, uh, HR, you know, service. I was doing a lot of things uh, in that in that space that um, really helped me. Looking back on it, I mean, it's, it was tough work, kind of actually, but but uh, I learned a ton from that that I've applied ever since um, in the in the stuff I'm doing now. Yeah, well, that's and great. Think about the timing of all of that, because if that had scooched up on the timeline of things, just a couple of years, your kids would have mean the hell out of you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, they were, you know, there was, there's a lot of downside to work in retail. I think a lot of people who knows retail knows that uh, where you're, you're there on the weekends and you're there all the time. But uh, the, the kids were young enough where they were not me, me, me. And, uh, yeah. and, and uh, so there, those videos are still somewhere on YouTube. Um, and uh, they, fortunately they, they don't really follow that. They don't, they don't probably don't use YouTube. <laughs> Something I don't know what they use now, but they're not right. They're not Googling their dad. Thank goodness, right? That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah. So yeah, you're you're right about that for sure, DC. Oh man. So, so let's That's go back in time. Said. You you uh, 
20 years ago kind of started this crazy thing called the the 24 hours of booty um kind of the accounts i've read is you did it on your own and you were you were kind of riding solo loops around uh, myers park i think it's a, a little over a three mile loop how did it all get started? What was the, you know, the, where, where did the genesis of, of the idea come from? And, and uh, how did it kind of hit that tipping point that has made it what it is today? Yeah, it's a good question because, you know, it, as more and more people move to Charlotte, I, I think that that history is sort of lost. Like people may know what the booty loop is. They've heard of it. They may have heard 24 hours of booty, but they don't know really like how grassroots and how small this thing was uh, and and where, how it got started. So, um, it, you know, I, I didn't have, it, I, I wanted to make an impact in the cancer community. I didn't have cancer in my family. Um, and when I think about like, you know, allyship, which is, a, you know, a word that's being circulated these days that like supporting a group that's not, that you're not in, is kind of allyship. And if I think about it in those, in that sense, that's what I was doing. I mean, I was, I wanted to support the cancer community, even though I wasn't personally affected at that time by cancer. So, um, I just combined my passion for bike riding, um, with, um, with the booty loop, which was already the booty loop was already named. But when I moved to Charlotte in uh, 99, it was already the booty loop. You guys I'm sure had been running on it before I was even here. And, um, and, um, and so decided one day to, I was on the, riding my bike on the booty loop, trying to figure out how I could raise money for the cancer community. And um, the idea for 24 hours of, on the booty loop and call it 24 hours of booty, I thought was pretty funny. Um, went home and started planning it and uh, put it together and did it. Actually, the first one was in November. Uh, so it was cold. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I was solo, but had a lot of people ride with me that I came out and did a couple laps here and there during the day and night. And um, a lot of stuff happened that first ride that made me think this is actually something that needs to happen more than once. Yeah. Things like what? What's that? You, well, you say certain things happened that kind of led you to want to continue to do it. Give me a couple examples of things, yeah. things that like, Hey, this, this could actually be a thing yeah so as a cyclist you know i was i was looking at it i i was all about the what you know like i was like okay uh what gear do i need what light systems and batteries do i need what what food am i going to eat um you know all that kind of stuff and i was what gear am i going to how fast i'm going to go what effort do i need to put forward to, tr to try to make it for 24 hours and uh so i that's was that was sort of my plan and so um, as I was riding though, um, the things that started happening was basically the why, you know, people talk about Simon Sinek and what's your why the why actually was given to me by people who came out and rode with me, namely survivors and people, uh, who, uh, and their friends and family. So, um, so I had like randomly people that, that I didn't know would roll up next to me because I'm not riding fast. I'm just riding around and they're like, Hey, you know, I'm a survivor. Let me, what you're doing is important to me in the cancer community. And let me tell you my story. So I'm like, okay. So I'm riding next to them and we're just chatting. I'm learning about their story. I'm listening. And then a little bit later, someone comes up that I don't know and says, Hey, um, I heard what you're doing. I lost my wife to cancer, you know, five years ago. Let me tell you her story, you know, and, and that, that kind of story 
So I'm riding and I'm listening. And this happened like middle of the day, happened at midnight, it happened four in the morning, happened around pretty much the whole time. Randomly, people would show up at different times. Sometimes it was something that was meaningful to them, like they lost their father at, at this time in the morning or something like that. And very personal, very real stories. And um, and so by the by the end of the 24 hours, I was just so energized uh, about what it meant, like the whole why, like what it was about. <laughs> like it's not just about riding your bike. Uh, it's not about riding your bike. Like it's it's about providing a venue and platform to people to share their personal stories and to have hope and healing. And so that was really the click moment for me. I was like, oh man, this is huge. Like we have to do this for everybody. This this is not a one and done thing. Like we gotta we gotta do this for real. Cause I didn't, you know, I didn't have a permit. I didn't have road closure. <laughs> you know, I didn't have permission. You didn't have a police bill. Doing it, you know? <laughs> um, and so after that we were like, okay, we gotta like do this for real. And so that's how we kind of got started into making it the event that it's become today. Yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, how much did you raise the first year, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, when I did it, it was uh, $6,000. That's nice. So, and you're, was, you know, you're number two with, with other people yeah. involved? Your number two yeah. was what? Quantum Leap, wasn't it? Well, sort of. I mean, it was still like the first public year. We moved it to June and, um, and 100 people showed up. And, um, and so we had very meager road closure. We had a very meager start finish banner. We had basically it was two ladders with uh, you know, blackout around it with a pole across the two with a, with a banner draped across it in, in the, in the same lane. Right. So you had to actually neck down to go through the start. finish. I line. actually saw a picture of that the other day. I provided that I provided <laughs> those ladders and the truss that went across <laughs> and I saw that and I'm like, that's my equipment. I don't remember that, what year it was from, but it, you know, probably 2000, what, two through 2003, I guess. Three. Yeah. So, and yeah. so that was, uh, yeah. So that was early days. Right. And yep. so, um, we had some platforms for the stage and we had a, we had a bullhorn for the PA system and, and, um, but here's, here's what's cool about that. We had a hundred people. They raised about $33,000, I think was the number, but, um, and I don't know if you remember this, but there's also a photo of this, but Shannon Carney, who's a great friend, uh, and she was going through treatment at the time, was completely bald and struggled to do one lap. And then she would rest a whole lot and then she would want to go back out and do another lap. And she spoke at the end and told, really brought it home and told everyone there, like, hey, listen, what you're doing is making a huge impact. It, it's allowing people like, you know, folks like me to come out and share their stories. You're inspiring me to get through my mm. fight and be through my cancer journey. Uh, and it was just like, it was, it was beautiful. And so, and Shannon has come, gone on to, to, to um, do great things in the cancer community um, um, and, and has her own sort of offsite place that we partner with and, um, and has continues to help people in the cancer community. So um, it's, it, that moment though was really special and, those kind of moments have continued to happen every year since. That's yeah. Amazing. And Tim's going to need to borrow that ladder. He's got some stuff he's got to take care of <laughs> the house. Um, so yeah. we'll get back to you on that after the show. Um, <laughs> but, but getting back to something way, way back. And we, uh, you know, I've known you for a long time, man. 
and I know some of the answers to these questions, but most of the folks listening probably don't. Um, tell us about how you got into sport, how and, and you know how you got into soccer, how you ended up in South Carolina, and how you ended up from playing soccer to riding bikes. How did all that happen? Sure. Okay, so way back, uh, so grew up in Dallas, Texas, and was basically um, soccer player. And um, and but I, my dad lived in, lives and lived in California. So I spent a decent amount of time out in California and was into skateboarding and surfing and all this stuff. So when I was going, uh, finishing up high school, uh, I was deciding uh, pretty much I was going to go out to California and, and surf and just be a California kid or whatever. And um, there's a huge soccer tournament in Dallas called Dallas Cup. And uh, tons of college coaches are out there. And my coach for my club team in Dallas um, uh, was you know, new coaches were coming and uh, had a great tournament, got a lot of interest and uh, opportunity came up to play at South Carolina, which so you mentioned was D1. At the time, they were, you know, always top 20, uh, had really, really good program. And so I just decided this this seems like the right move uh, to, to adulting is to, to go have this opportunity. And um, and so that's what I did. So I uh, moved to the opposite coast and came out to Columbia and uh, boy, it was a it was a shock. Even you know, playing my whole life to play at that level was was pretty incredible. I was a goalkeeper, and um, my freshman year, the the Division One goalkeeper of the year was Charlie Arn, who was a senior at South Carolina. So could, the upshot of this, you know, I got to learn from the best, you know, and uh, and so it was great. Went Final Four my first year, um, and had a, got to you know play against guys who are on the national team and played and professionally played in world cup, like guys that, you know, uh, that are on TV now, like, and, and for yeah, years yeah. prior, um, got to play against them. And so it was cool. Um, but, um, my dad was, uh, into cycling and has always been into cycling my whole life mm -hmm. had grown up and taken, you know, bike trips and all kinds of stuff. And, uh, and so the moment that I think triggered for me to, to add cycling sort of to what I was doing, was I was out at his house in the summer of 89. And, yep. um, and so I was in the back room or something doing whatever. And, uh, and so my dad, I heard him yelling and I went in, in to see what he's doing. He's watching TV and uh, his, he was, he was crying. And it was when LeMond won the tour by eight mm -hmm. seconds. That was the year he did that on the yep. Champs. And, uh, and I was like, man, this is, this is super cool. Like I was, I got really excited too. And I was like, this is cool. So um, so anyway, that fall, I, I, uh, got my first bike from outspoken in Columbia and, um, started adding riding to, um, the training with soccer and was riding and uh, riding in the off season. Um, and just kind of, as I finished soccer, I was doing both and bike racing, got into bike racing and all that stuff. And so, uh, when I finished playing soccer, I just started full gas into, into cycling and was doing that. Did a little foray into triathlons and stuff when I moved to Charlotte, but pretty much was just doing bike racing from 89 until about 2014 or 15. So a long, long time riding bikes. Yeah. I remember when you shared that story about your dad and Greg Lawn, man. <laughs> I think really? we made it in Florida the first time you told it down in uh, the uh, coast. You told me about that the first time. You know what's crazy? Is I, I was just out story. at his house in, uh, in, in California. He lives in uh, Rancho Mirage, like Palm Springs yeah. area now. And uh, he's 81. And maybe took me out for like a three hour ride. <laughs> and I, 
And I was like, I'm like, no, like, I don't want to ride for three hours anymore. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> You're like, you know, we're going to be a coffee break in this mug. Or I know, man. But uh, oh anyway, I hope I can keep riding and, and doing, being as active as he is when I'm his age. That's for sure. So, yeah, man, so I got to dig him through there. Right? I got to ask, um, tell, tell us about uh, the 24 Foundation today, where it's at, what's going on. I know you got a new executive director um when's the event planned for this year what happened in 2020 and 2021 with the pandemic did you have an event where where are we at now with everything and i you know how can people get involved if they hear this and they're like hey you know i i I can ride a bike and i can raise money for cancer uh how would uh, where are you at sure so so you know the event grew from you know, basically one person to hundred and it kind of kept doubling. And we, after a few years, we were at a million dollars raised um, to cancer navigation survivorship and uh, continued to grow. We kind of hit the cap around 1200 riders, kind of the cap um, that we've imposed just for safety standpoint. And so it's continued to grow even through the pandemic. Like last year uh, in 2020, we, we did a full virtual event and raised a million dollars actually virtually, which was fantastic. Um, in 2021, um, we actually hit that window when, if you remember, the governor said no more masks like at the end of May. Mm-hmm. And um, so we decided to go in person. Uh, we also offered a virtual too. Uh, so you had an option and uh, we had a great, uh, great event actually. And, and uh, everything went really well. The vibe was fantastic. The neighborhood has parties and it's just this great vibe. Um, and so Nick, it's going to be at this year at the end of July, like it always is the last weekend of July. Uh, we'll open registration in, in March. Hopefully things settle down by then and we're just going to have to see where we're at. Um, but uh, I feel like we can do what we did last year and have both options for people. Um, and, and just to be clear too, um, and you guys know this, but it's not about riding your bike for 24 hours, right? So it's not a bike. It's not a race. Right. There's no, there's no prizes yeah. for most distance. Most people are out there on bikes. They literally pump up tires from last year and come back out. You know, it's like it's really a social and engagement thing where people are enjoying and camping and doing those things that that um, to, to share their experience. So you don't have to be a pro cyclist. You don't have to be a bike racer. In fact, I would say 98 percent of the people are not bike racers that come out there. Um, and um, it's not about that. It's really about having this platform. Um, you know, for the support the cancer community. And so fortunately, the community has, over the years, has really embraced 24 Foundation and 24 Hours of Booty. And uh, we're looking forward to having that event in, in July. We have another event coming up, um, the 24K Challenge in uh, February. We've got, um, we're working on some other events. We're going to have things around the year here in Charlotte, um, especially as we come out of the pandemic. Uh, to have different options and different types of activities beyond bike riding mm-hmm. uh, for people to engage with us and support the cancer community. Well, that's good. So uh, people keep an eye out in March for uh 24 foundation uh, booty loop event. And uh, I got to ask last question. You, we, uh, we were talking about what you're doing now and you, you really kind of didn't say specifically the name of your business or what you're doing, what you're into. If you'd care to share that, we'll uh, give you a, an opportunity to plug that. I'm reading some notes. There's something about a, a recovery CLT. If you want to talk about that. Sure. Uh, so the main business that I bought five years ago, it's called state building services. We service 
uh, class A office building. So think of any building in uptown has marble floors, stainless steel elevators, wood everywhere. Our crews go in there at night and basically restore and refinish those surfaces. So mm -hmm. it's not janitorial, it's like a specialty gotcha. uh, refinishing and maintenance business. Um, so we work with all the property management groups here in town, probably Richmond to Charleston, Greenville, Columbia. Um, and so it's uh, it's one of these businesses, like it's uh, it's interesting, like who does that kind of work? Well, that's what we do. Uh, so it's been a, it's been a cool business to be in and um, a lot of great people in this, in this industry. And, and we've got mm, about 20 employees. So um, pretty, pretty cool business and continuing to grow. Um, so I'm enjoying that. And the recovery CLT you mentioned is, is basically um, uh, myself and Lisa Landrum here in town. She's a big runner. Most people know her in the community. Uh, we have a business called recovery CLT and basically we, we rent out Norma tech recovery sleeves um leg sleeves to people to use in their homes or to take them uh on the road to races uh, for recovery and getting warmed up and using them for for what those things are great those are great tool um we just have a couple pairs that we rent out to people here in the running community um, triathlon community bike racing community um because they're pretty expensive most people don't want to buy them so we rent them out and people can use them uh for for their own um, training and uh, recovery purposes and, and you sleep when <laughs> uh, 10 to four, <laughs> 10 to four, <laughs> there you go. And then you're up for a three hour ride, right? So you can keep up with yeah. your 80 year old, well, 81 year old dad. Exactly. You can keep up with your old man. He knows this. I, I have, I've retired from bike racing. So, uh, my, my riding days are minimal these days, but I'm doing other things, keeping active. So my, one of my, my 2022 commitments is to actually document everything on Strava that I do. Cause I, normally I don't. So this year I'm trying to put all that stuff in there just as I can keep better track of it. There you Good go. for you. I say that same thing every year. I'm going to document all this. And then it's like, uh, it's like I don't have time to document. I just got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have time right. for the documentation part. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so good to catch up with you. I, I haven't talked to you in a while and it's, uh, I always walk away from our conversations, you know, feeling so much better and inspired from the things that you're doing. And it, you know, it inspires me to, want to do a better job at what we're doing and, and be able to have an impact around the Charlotte community, which, you know, we all love. And so, uh, Spencer, thank you so much for your time and for joining us on the running around Charlotte podcast. Thank you guys. You guys are both legends. It's great to be on the podcast with you guys. All right. Thanks brother. Have, have a good day. The running around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Nobot health Charlotte marathon. One day, five events with a race date distance for every goal and pace. Registration and more information is at runcharlotte.com. This week's episode is brought to you by Pinnacle Financial Partners and Bedgear, the official pillow partner of the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. Running Around Charlotte is produced in partnership with Well-Run Media and Marketing. New episodes are available every week, anywhere you listen to podcasts.